welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Check, 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 check. Oh, yeah. What's happening? So nice of you to join us today. It's nice of you to join us today. Yes. Oh, you do the intro? You can do the intro. Who got it? Um, Well, I mean, technically, you're supposed to do it today, but I'm happy to do it. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. You're now tuned in High at Nine News. Thanks for joining us, not only to get High at Nine with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street, and it's Wednesday. April 5th, and today is National Deep Dish Pizza Day because Chicago's 1,500 calorie per slice pizza is the best and worth the guaranteed health issues sure to follow. Even though each slice is 1,500 calories, you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. National Go for Broke Day because 50 Cent said, get rich or die trying, and it only took nine bullets for him to get to where he is. You can do the same. National Read a Roadmap Day because GPS on your phone wasn't a thing 20 years ago remember that first contact day or is it chinese spy balloon day i don't know everybody out there watching please like share and hit that subscribe button and follow us at i and i news across all social media platforms we're live weekday mornings on youtube and twitch audio only on clubhouse and if you do choose the clubhouse route you can also participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment on the story presented and up first you guys know who it is it is the donald trump supporting mink coat wearing I don't know. Do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Mr. Oh, yeah. Jason Beck, Mr. Longest continuously operating retailer in the motherfucking game. Come to the stage first. What you got for us, Jason Beck? Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Well, there is one special day that you did miss today. Today is also national. Where did it go? Here we go. National. Where did you go? A National Gold Star Family Day or Gold Star Spouses Day. So we want to send a special love out yes. to all of our Gold Star spouses out there just because we love America. And one as a Gold Star spouse. Sean, define a Gold Star. Yes. And did Donald Trump love Gold Star families? Sean, define a Gold Star. I'm going to define it the most direct way. I, I mean, is uh, a gold star spouse is someone who's lost their spouse. And uh, we got too many of them. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. So we want to thank the, all the sacrifices that all of those families have made for our country and for our freedoms. And we want to make sure that that definitely is acknowledged uh, today on the show. Uh, but yes, coming up, my story. I hope you guys are ready because. 
You know, Rico, you were criticizing this stuff the other day, <laughs> but guess what? Bring it. It's dead. Because a lot Montana lawmakers bill intended to erase adult use cannabis is killed in what? Montana. That's right. A proposed Montana state law that would have effectively canceled the state's adult use marijuana industry and put new draconian restrictions on medical cannabis died in committee. That's right. Republican state Senator Keith Riegler, who I said is not a Republican because he doesn't uh, uh, he doesn't uh, believe in freedom. And as far as cannabis is concerned, introduced Senate Bill 546 on March 30th. Six days later, a Senate committee voted to table the bill. The Montana Free Press reported the bill's uh, stated intent was to reduce the demand for marijuana sales in the state by banning all non-medical cannabis sales. Montana voters legalized adult use marijuana in November of 2020 during the first year of sales, which began on January 1st, 2022. State retailers rang up up to $203 million in transactions and the Montana Senate expressed concerns about subverting the will of the voters. Opponents included Jason Ellisworth, Republican Senate president, and Jason Small, chair of the Chamber Business, Labor, and Economic Affairs Committee. Both lawmakers joined the committee's Democrats in voting down the bill by a 6-4 to four margin, the free press reported. And I would say that those are two excellent Republicans right there. If passed, the bill would have raised the state marijuana tax from 4% to 20%. That is not Republicanism. Reduced to uh, one number of, uh, it, 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 it reduced to one the number of plants adults may grow at home. And it capped the potency of cannabis flower and marijuana concentrates at 10%. Sponsors of the bill included National Prohibitionist Organization Project SAM Smart Approaches to Marijuana, which claimed that the only purpose of the patient marijuana products is trying to addict kids, the free press reported, which we all know is fake news. But I'm going to digress and see what y'all have to say. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at 9 News Hour. What do you all think? So this is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a good thing. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, This was, I told you this was a bad bill. And the, and the guy, fact that the guy that introduced it called himself a Republican, I said, should be ashamed of himself because he's trying to restrict people's freedoms. Wow. I mean, yeah, it went against the children. Not, not to mention they're trying to raise taxes, which is not a Republican thing to do. It's a Democrat. It is, when it, it is when it comes to cannabis. Yeah, it is. No, I mean, it, no, it's not. It definitely went against the voters' will. You know, the proposed restrictions, the tax increase, the mm -hmm. involvement of what was it? The the smart approaches that they were trying. Yeah, to yeah smart approaches to marijuana project, yeah. Sam. Yes. So the intent. Uh, this was, you know, the best decision they could make with this mm -hmm. cutting this bill. I think. I agree, and and shout out to the two Republicans that uh that that stepped aside to vote alongside with these Democrats to kill this bill. Yes, yeah, Sean. What do you have to say on this? Bipartisan. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you just oh. fine. <laughs> is that all? You just wanted to make sure we could hear you? No, this is the dumb shit we're going to put up with now. Because these type of bills are going to break out across America, pushed by the same assholes who got us into this mess. And they're going to yep. use the total dysfunction that the tax should regulate Ethan Nettleman, progressive clown group, has bought yep. to the table 
as the reasons we shouldn't do this. And all they're going to do with their THC caps and their lack of home grows, and we'll talk about this later, is fuel the fucking black market because this is all regulatory capture bullshit because as dumb as the fucking policy being put out by these clowns is, look at the left, look at places like Florida with these stupid initiatives that are going to stimulate. They're all going to be just the universal name should be called the black market stimulation fucking initiatives because that's all the your fucking the shit's going to do. And that's going to be the markets for the people. Amen. Not, shouldn't it be called the Freedom Market Stimulation Act? No, the freedom market is, you know what? They, you know what economists call black markets? The true free market. That's the yeah. freedom market. It's disintermediating dumbass government policy between the supply and demand that's going to happen because fucking black market dealers are like cockroaches. You cannot snuff them out. If anything, the drug wars told us in Central America and Mexico where we stimulated a disgusting war on the brown people down there with our dumb policy, I don't know what the fuck we're thinking. They're not thinking. Yeah, they don't think. Everything is right in front of them right now. That's what matters. They don't care about the future. Mm -hmm. They try to to, to erase the past and um, what's going on right now and what gets them back in power and what gets them uh, more money into their coffers. That's what they care about. Mm -hmm. The old saw about let's save the kids. Your kids have access to better weed than you do. So shut the fuck up. In your high school. Oh, Mandy. Mandy, do you want to touch on that? Yeah, actually, um, it's a really interesting situation because I have a 16 and a half year old. He's a sophomore in high school and his friends are very well aware of what I do for work. Um, But just being fully transparent, I mean, these kids definitely have access to it. They are willing to pay much higher price tags for accessing it, too. I mean, wasn't that because they feel their parents money? I mean, it's a number of things. I think kids just have natural access to funding a little bit more. I mean, can you imagine if we. We had had Apple Pay and Venmo when we were tears. Like kids can literally order stuff online now and have it delivered wherever they're at. Um, mm-hmm. And that includes cannabis. That includes cannabis. My, my son my literally shared with me that there are delivery services that will deliver just around the corner from the high school. That's where I yes. live. Right. My kids just stole my stash, Mindy. That See what I'm saying? Now, I'm- yeah. Fairly certain that's not happening here, but I do, I'm not a fool. You know, the fact is there's a lot of product in my house and I can't account for every single nug. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Sean. What do you got to say about this? I got four kids. The, old, the youngest is a junior. I have a, uh, a 16 year old, a 17 year old, a 19 year old, a 21 year old and a 24 year old. My daughter's at UCLA. My son, my uh, oldest son is in OC with his girlfriend doing the hustle to survive. They just moved out after COVID. Uh, my young, my third is first year freshman hitting baseball at college. And my third is uh, trying to stay out of jail. My fourth is trying to stay out of jail in high school. You don't have to have a delivery service. The kids are dealing it straight in the schools, in the bathrooms, in the lockers. We have dogs trying to sniff it out. In Nevada, they, my kids all play sports. They peed the fucking kids and the kids would just bring fake pee to get around it. And you better be, thank your, you better thank Jesus that it's only marijuana they're buying because yes. the other shit, the kids are dying. I've seen kids convulse in front of me in Las Vegas on fucking pharmaceuticals because they're taking Xanax, they're taking alcohol and you dumb motherfucking parents disconnect from the reality of your kids or believe nothing's happening. You're fucking fooling yourself. Watch your F-bombs, bro. I apologize. I thought this was a free speech right, show. Well, watch, your, watch your F-bombs. Uh, YouTube doesn't allow that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, yeah, right. No, Sean, I'm serious. 
Okay. They don't like, love maybe, it. We, maybe we need to go to Twitch. Maybe. But that's not where we're at right now. Maybe Bowser, you should have Bowser talk. I mean, the reality is that kids have much more accessibility than we could have ever imagined when we were their age. And the reality is that there is a lot more cannabis floating out there in the world. I mean, not all legal licensed cannabis is winding up in adults' hands. It's not. I mean, kids are accessing it, period. It's just happening. Oh, yeah. it, always ha it always has happened. It always will happen. It's just easier now than it was, you know, 25 years ago. And the quality is a lot better. I remember getting Way that. Way better quality now. Yeah. <laughs> you can bleep and, me. And, and everyone can access it. I mean, if a 21-year-old can access it and they have an 18-year-old sibling, chances are they're probably sharing it. What? Or selling it to each other. Very Kids are entrepreneurs, too. <laughs> I, when the dinosaurs roamed, I was a kid. And I always had a pound around that I would move with my friends. <laughs> That's how I got free weed. So, yeah, it was shitty weed, but, you know, I wasn't alone. And these kids today, they understand this. They're hustlers. Come on. Yep. 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 Well, we're going to we're going to go to a uh, to a commercial real quick. We'll be right back. Save the kids. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Hello? You guys there? Rico, you got this? <laughs> you having a seizure or something? Nah. Okay. You introduce me? Yeah, coming up next, it is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet, when he's not having internet problems and getting getting onslaughted by the internet cartels. Onslaughted. Find him moving boxes because he's been moving into his new abode. Are you in your new safe space yet, Rico? I'm in my safe space. All right. So hopefully he's bunkered down. I have no idea where my my and real microphone is, but how 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 do I sound? Do I sound good? Amazing, bro. Internet is the internet. Like, sound like Keith oh. Sweat. <sighs> Don't get me started. Don't oh, yeah. It's the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. All right, everybody. So my headline today is bringing good news from the place they call Jason Beck, White Gucci. That's right. The city of Detroit, Michigan, will finally have access to legally sanctioned consumption events. Detroit City Council granted approval to its first ever festival allowing legal consumption, the 420 Cannabis Music Festival, which will be held later this month, not on 420, but April 29th. There was actually the third iteration of the D's block party style event with several DJs and live performances. Um, this will be their first held with legal consumption permitted both in and outdoor from noon until the end of the day. Uh, the approval process has been drawn out and they will be missing the actual 420 quasi holiday that all of us love. Members of Detroit City Council said that they appreciated the transparency of the process and the fact that the DNG Ventures, uh, who, will be who will be producing the festival, had produced other smaller regional events in the state that had gone off smoothly. Per Green Market Report, the company said it was their sixth event so far in Michigan and other cannabis 
centric events had less fighting and fewer arrests than those centered around alcohol. They did not mention how many fights and or arrests were normal for Michigan events, but they felt it was necessary to add that little tidbit. I might have to, uh, to add that. So awesome for them. Detroit City Council President Pro Tem James Tate, who helped rate the city can the city's cannabis ordinance, said this. We see other cities taking advantage of this opportunity, and now we're celebrating the opportunity for the industry to grow in the city of Detroit. He said that the festival's approval was a way to fully execute uh, the city ordinance and follow city council member Fred Durhall. Um, uh, in his remarks, too, he said that it was a way for them to follow the will of the people as God has attended, as God has tended them to do. Uh, but not uh, all on the council was without concern. City Council member Letitia Johnson asked whether the festival was required to have bud tenders or people who were actually trained to monitor consumption at the event. I don't think bud tenders, I don't think she knows what a bud tender is, but whatever. Um Nobody had an answer to that que uh, that question for her, and she seemed very disgruntled on the call. Uh, while it's not required, organizers did say that state laws limit how much cannabis a person could purchase, and uh, that would be in effect. Michigan state requirements for holding the event include private security, city uh, city permits, and a business license, in addition to the council vote, and this was approved 7-0. Council members Scott Benson and Gabriela Santiago Romero, Romero voted present and did not put their votes forward. My experience with these events, they've been safe, they've been fun, and they've been entertaining. And that's it. He did not vote. That was city um, a member, council member Coleman Young II. But he looks forward to other events like this in the future. So big shout out to Detroit. They finally get some consumption license that are uh, some consumption events that are actually legal. I'm sure there's been absolutely uh, uh, an abundance of them that are not that are, have been less than legal. So um, I guess that is, is a good thing. Progress is good. Big shout out to them. And I'm interested in hearing uh, uh, what White Gucci has to say about the 420 Music Festival, which will be held on 429. <laughs> I'm Rico in the Street um, for High 9 News. I mean, is this stoner time, Rico, that maybe they just couldn't get the permit in time for 420, so they decided to have it on 429? <laughs> sounds like it, dude. That's like, that's like, it's like, it's like, not, in you know, December, it's like over, all month is Christmas. It's like almost, it's just about 10 days after, after the fact. It's just, that's crazy. <laughs> Listen, I like the, the extra celebration, okay? Mm -hmm. October, when my birthday is, it's the whole month. Christmas, right. the whole month. 420, cannabis Christmas. The whole month right the dirty mitten the dirty mitten. are you going to be headed out to detroit on the private jet jason to check out <laughs> 429 word on the streets like gucci just may be uh, there yes you never know stranger things have happened what was that sean what you got for us brother i was, I was wondering what jason what his carbon footprint is on that private plane but i know i'm worried about a carbon footprint because global warming doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughter wants to slap you for that hey she's one of those ucla that's yeah. uh, fine she's indoctrinated whatever hey but 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 this is really important here listen cannabis doesn't heal cannabis is a tool you know what heals connections you know what my vets miss more than anything in the world is our chapter meetings and we had to shut them down because of covid and we're lucky we need sponsors we can't even find places that will host them it's difficult but we're going to restart here in the spring and when the weather gets better connections and bringing people together is what brings happiness 
family, community, and we're missing it in America because we have people who want to lock us down and prevent us from being adults and getting together and using our own free fucking will. Excuse my language, beep, but I apologize. I'm getting better. I am. I 100% agree with you. It's all about keeping the culture alive, keeping us connected as humans. I mean, obviously, you know, my main my main role in this industry is working for Event High, and that's exactly what our goal is here: is working with event organizers. So I'm all for this for this event for how they're doing it. And look at the reality: how many fights do you see at a cannabis event? But yet you go to a music festival with a bunch of alcohol, and there there's fights left and right. People are getting kicked out. Like these are. This is exactly what we need. Yeah, I, I, I love. I just love how um, um, this is. That's such a Detroit thing to say. Um, our cannabis events have had way fewer arrests and way fewer <laughs> shootings and fights. I mean, it's fact. Talk to any security team that is hired to work a cannabis event versus okay. an alcohol-based oh, event, yeah. and they will tell you their job is easy at cannabis events. The biggest pain they have is directing people to the bathroom and passing out lighters. Right. Passing out chocolate, too. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol is liquid stupid. You can't fix that. And you go to a bar, be a bouncer at a bar, you know, it's liquid stupid. You got to deal with idiots drunk all the time. Smoking weed doesn't have that problem. So we should be promoting it rather than nitpicking every little detail. You know, I'm going to watch you. You're going to smoke too much. You're going to be too hot. Fuck you. Just <laughs> sorry. Yeah, screw you. There we go, Dale. I'm trying to watch my language here, Jason. Yeah, yeah. We're monetized now. So unless you guys want to subsidize the show, I highly suggest you guys fall in line. Yeah, well, Sean and I were in the military, and I did five years. That's not an excuse. Sometimes F bombs are like assholes and everything. Hey, hey. Uh, can you say that? <laughs> hey, yeah, Jason, it's my remember. mental illness. I'm gone the ADA. You can't do a damn thing about it. Okay. Yeah, no, I can't. Listen, you know I was disabled too. I was born disabled. My my medical file, the VA is no shit. The, the social security disabled person calls my wife because they're taking forever on my, on my claim. And, and she goes, ma'am, um, can you give me help? And she goes, what? She goes, I have your husband's file in front of me and it's over 15,000 pages. I don't even know where the fuck to start. Really? And, what? Really? Yeah, and by the way, I apologize. I used the off word there. I shouldn't be doing it. But the funny thing about no, it, no, Sean, this is this is not cool. VA, it's not cool at all. No, what's cool is I had the VA. I had the VA, and, and, and they literally have seen me. Maybe how many fifty one fifties? About three fifteen days on the mental side, and they have fifteen thousand pages of paper. What kind of government craziness is that? They think I'm crazy because I did drugs and had sex a lot. That's basically my problem, and I was very upfront with it. So, bottom line is, you know what the system can do? I'll leave it at that. I, I won't say the word because I don't want to fuck. I don't yeah, exactly. Exactly. Say it again. We're going to remove you from the show. I love you. All right. Period. All right. Coming up next, yeah. we have the angry veteran that always is disgruntled and doesn't know how to shave. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Sean Kernan, representing the Weed for Warriors organization. What do you have to say today, Sean? Oh, I, I want to hit on. Uh, I want to hit on a story. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say in honor of Gretchen, the redhead from uh, DC. Well, she got she she got called by the Kremlin today, so she couldn't be with us. So, I, in honor of her. I am going to pick marijuana moment. I don't even know the headline or the story, and I'm not going to read it because I don't want to give credit where credit is due because we all have a sense of humor here. 
but about the Florida initiative and what true leave is running uh, on the ballot. And it ties into everything on here. It bans or doesn't allow home grow. <laughs> what kind of regulatory, oligopolistic, insane type of stuff is this? And what better way to spit on the graves and stab in the back are veterans who are dying at 44 a day, according to the new study? Well, I think Miss Trulieve needs to look in the mirror. Because we're going to mobilize the veterans and shut this down like we didn't do in Prop 64 in California. So bring it on. And I'll leave it at that and shut up. Shut the fuck up. Excuse me, in honor of thing. You want me to leave? I'll leave. Bye, Sean. Have a good day, bro. <laughs> hey, man. I love our veterans. I love Sean. We're trying to monetize hey, I, this thing, y'all. So we got to <laughs> cool. hear about the show continuing on. We got it. We got to hold the, the the swearing to a minimum. Rico, yeah. I, I'm yeah. on the board of directors with this guy and I'm also their their attorney. So we have some uh, some meetings where not a lot gets done ranting and raving and you know it's like okay so i'm used to it because i am a veteran too but uh we, yeah. we do have some serious issues and the, mobilizing the vets we've been very successful sean has been very successful we for yeah. warriors yeah yeah so Absolutely. a shout out to the vets and those of us who have ptsd mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we just want to rip people's faces off and mm -hmm. other times i want to eat a lot of chocolate so and we all it's not a matter of yeah. loving it's just a yeah. matter of making sure that we're following the rules that we're expected to follow exactly to be on this platform exactly, exactly right mm -hmm. we're not here to silence people or anything like that but no. youtube has whatever sure. whatever and so we want need to follow in regards to that because we are on their platform and we respect them allowing us to be able to do this and, and, and it's a good thing it's a good thing to talk about um because we are talking about cannabis on here we are at uh, past that thousand subscriber uh, um, um landmark we have to tighten things up in order for us to not get shut down and because we are talking about cannabis on mm -hmm. here there's certain rules that we have to adhere to. You know the rule, Dale. Only break one law at a time. And since we're talking about cannabis, we can't yeah. use cuss words. Yes. There you go. No cannabis and cussing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, or how about cannabis, cannabis? Yes, cussing. No. We still, we still talk about guns. We still talk, talk about killing. <laughs> I think we should just all start. When we want to cuss, we bleep ourselves. So we'd be like, what the bleep? And then we're going to continue on and, you know, it just swing, change the word. So we, we should, yeah, we should have some, um, uh, yeah, some, have some internal alternative words. Yeah, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to predict when people are going to just pop off and having to press a button. This is a live show. This, that's not reality. No. <clears throat> but on the other end of that, we can, if we were about to say F you, are we allowed to spell the word? No, out? no. <laughs> you can say pew you pew 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 yeah yeah you can say fracking fracking's okay well i do love that everybody in the chat do does understand um but again too we do love we love sean everything that they're doing over there and whatever they need to support us for this yeah. when they go to florida we will be there we'll help mm -hmm. in our own way yeah, 100%. I, I do think that this bill 
uh, should should get killed um, just for 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 one, because there is no home grow involved. It's a total, total capture by by the big dogs in Florida. And in all fairness, they are paying big bucks uh, to be there. But at the same time, they're not looking out for the patients. They don't really care about quality. They just care about making money, which I love to make money, too. But at the same time, I still care about people and want to make sure that people have quality products. And I don't know anyone that's really making real quality products out there aside from a couple places. And I'm sure that those SKUs are far few and in between and probably out of stock on a regular basis. You know who is about to make some uh, quality products down there? Tyson 2.0 and Ric Flair with their... Penis penis. Oh God! Quality <laughs> products, yes. Quality. Are not to say so penis? Sure. <laughs> the jury part. remains out. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna. Uh, I mean, this, this whole thing, this whole thing with Florida, it really does 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 disturb me. And you know, you know, I mean, who who else wouldn't like to see uh, Kim Rivers lose all the money that she's put into adult use legalization bill? because of the fact of her lack of community outreach in regards with allowing home grow. I think every single cannabis patient in Florida would support that. Mm -hmm. That's approximately 700,000 people. A lot of people. Yeah. Come on, Florida, get your shit. Get your a lot of, lot, a lot of people. Come on. Oh yeah. Florida. We're going to go to a break. We've reached the halftime part. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh yeah, the uh, the thoughts and opinions in general overall shape thrown at Hyatt Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for tailored, uh, for for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. If you're an easily offended person, the show is probably not for you, and maybe you should go to speech therapy class. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Up next, she is the multi-talented, multi-faceted CMO of Event High and co-host of the founder uh, and founder of the revolutionary professional women in cannabis networking series making waves throughout the entire industry nationwide, Blunt Brunch. Coming to the stage, you know who it is, the one of the hottest names up and coming in the industry, Adelia Carrillo. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. 
<laughs> it's all good. Um, okay, today's article. So Washington bill would ban pre-employment drug testing for cannabis. So Washington state is set to become the latest U.S. state to ban pre-employment drug tests for cannabis, as the detection of THC in the system is seen as an inaccurate way to measure impairment. So Senate Bill 5123, sponsored by Democratic Senator Karen Kaiser would ban pre-employment cannabis tests, a move seen as a victory against discrimination towards people who use cannabis by Kaiser. The bill would only apply to pre-employment drug testing with random drug testing and tests following accidents or suspicion of impairment still permitted. Proponents on the bill argue that drug testing for cannabis is an unfair way to limit the workforce and discourage qualified job applicants, uh, particularly those who use cannabis for medical reason. However, opponents believe that the issue should be addressed by changing drug tests instead of introducing legislation. An earlier version of the bill had exemptions for industries such as airline industry over safety concerns, as well as federally regulated positions that typically require drug testing with further exemptions added by an amendment from Republican Senator Curtis King. Um, now, it states in the article, you know, and, and what we've all known is the accuracy of drug tests for cannabis have long been debated, with re researchers claiming that cognit cognitive impairment can last from three to 10 hours, whereas cannabis metabolites can stay in the system for up to 30 days. Researchers also argue that an objective measure of recent cannabis use that correlates with impairment has so far proved elusive. Some U.S. states have set legal limits on the amount of THC a driver may have in their blood, similar to the 0.08% uh, blood alcohol concentration limit in effect nationwide. The bill is currently making its way through legislative process and will need to pass a public hearing before returning to the Senate for a concurrence vote. If passed, the bill will be sent to the governor's desk for signing into law. While the bill would al allow those who use cannabis for medical reasons to have greater employment opportunities, it would not allow employees to work while impaired and, and employees would still be able to maintain drug fees drug-free workplace policies. So this is Adelia reporting for Hyatt 9 News Hour. I would love to end with this, uh, fellow correspondents. Given the growing evidence that drug tests for cannabis are not accurate way of determining impairment and the potential for discrimination against individuals who use cannabis, should more states follow Washington's lead in banning pre-employment drug tests for cannabis? Or what other alternative methods could employers use to ensure safety and productive workforce measures? I mean, you I know, think common sense would be a good one. Adelia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. I think definitely pre-screening for employment um, based on cannabis use it, it should be not allowed. Absolutely not allowed. We're legally allowed to access it. Um, showing up to work intoxicated is a whole nother thing, though. Right. Consuming during work. That's something that you have to explore as well. I would say that you would have to have a medical note for something like that. Like, let's say if you're a cancer patient or something of that nature and you're at work, right? I could see it being possible, but yeah, absolutely not uh, drug testing for employment. That's just ridiculous at this point. I mean, my favorite form of drug testing is testing the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta make sure that they work. Of course, yes. shocking. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't good luck no smell, no sell you know the name of the game it is a really tough one though you guys think about it this way from a human resources standpoint right you have to be able to um 
allow people who need cannabis to have access at some point during the day, just like you would any kind of medication. If you had a person with asthma, they would be able to use their inhaler when needed, right? Um, it's a really interesting and fine line that that we walk as employers um, and really a tough one for HR just to decide what the company policy is going to be as a whole. It's a very difficult policy to put in place. Yeah. Until we get a clear uh, definition that cannabis is legal across all jurisdictions, we're going to have problems with this because the feds don't recognize it. And if you have contracts that involve interstate commerce, then you fall into testing requirements from the feds. Uh, and also, if you have people go out on the road, you, you have to have some different um, standards coming in, which shouldn't be felt as discriminatory. But if you're going to fly my plane, I don't want you, you know, smoking dabs in the parking lot. So there are some realities here, but it's a nightmare for HR people, as Mandy just mentioned, and for attorneys, because um, if they charge you with driving influence, they can't win those cases. Okay. But if they want to hire you because you got metabolites in your system without a law to base it upon, you don't have a job. Yeah. So we still haven't filled in the gap. And from a legal standpoint, this is just a nightmare. I mean, trying to advise clients, I, you know, tell them be overcautious depending on what they do. But if you're the janitor and you empty the trash, who gives, uh, you know, whether you have cannabis in your, I mean, come on, man. Right. Are you doing the job or not? And I mean, if performance issues are at hand there, then you're going to be having a a well-documented, documented paper trail. Is a drug test necessarily needed at that point? You just are talking about performance issues, right? You don't even need to test for drugs. Why doesn't matter. It's just, is the job getting done or not? Well, um, and the poor cause part of this, let's say you have an accident in the, in the place or you're on the road get an accident. They're going to demand we have a drug test. For the, the insurance companies want to know, is this person of the influence? Can we capture evidence right now to make sure that we're not going to get responsible for something just because somebody was smoking weed the night before? So there's a lot of issues in this when you when you represent uh, an employer. It, it's not an easy one to advise them. And you're over cautious. I'm it troubles me because I've been smoking weed for 50 years. OK, I was never a danger on the highway, although I didn't fly my airplane, you know, high. That's pretty stupid. But, you know, I never felt like I was a danger. And that's the problem they have. Alcohol is definitely a danger. And how do we, you know, thread the needle with all this when, uh, you know, your employer is going to be liable for what you do? They do this at, um, at like, uh, what is it? Like at Mercedes Benz. If you're if you're an employee and you bump one of the other cars right away, they're going to drug test you. Because again, yeah, the whole thing oh, yeah. is, you know, it's the just policy for that insurance requires it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it is going to be. But again, you know, and I know there's been a couple of research studies that have just been more probably anecdotal than anything, but. We really just need the time and funding to go ahead and run serious research studies on these. Like people have been driving for since cars became cars. Yep. Smoking weed. Yes, okay? that's true. Like since the beginning of cars, people smoked weed. Even, even one of the first cars was made out of weed. Hemp. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not my point. <laughs> Just but- saying. I'm talking about ability, right? Also interesting out of yesterday's uh, or sorry, Monday's stories where we talked about the NBA um, releasing 
cannabis from their list of things that they're testing for. I'm really interested to see how many more basketball players openly come out as cannabis users. And then do we see any incline or decline in their performance? No, you want to see the you want to see the best basketball ever? Go see a street ball. Right competition where everybody's smoking weed oh yeah like and the and, the and one competition in new york this is, this is my point oh, though yeah. these yeah. sorts of bits of information over time and the ability to run true clinical trials on these sorts of allegations of what this plant does mm-hmm. right that's the only way we're going to know for sure and be able to definitively say no in fact many studies have shown this to be the exact same res- result time and time and time mm-hmm. so now impactful or isn't impactful on the becomes a moot point it's nobody's damn business you're doing the job and doing it well or you're not period i agree Until there's an accident okay and that's where then things are get you crazy doing, were, but were you following all the rules like an accident could happen to anybody my mom fell down the stairs at her work and rolled down 12 stairs and ruptured discs in her neck. She wasn't smoking any weed. Right. Well, I, but if you get into an accident and it's not clear who's at fault and they drug test you and there's weed in your system, the insurance company is going to start having problems because now how do you defend them? Your attorneys begin having problems. How do we defend that? And the biggest problem is you touched upon, Mandy, is I need to put expert witnesses into the witness chair and ask them about the studies on cannabis and we're not there, you get nothing but anecdotal studies. Okay. And that means that it's, it's just a crap shoot as to whether you can win a case or not. And that's where we have just a lack of information. If you're going to jail for DUI with weed, you find someone who can testify about how inaccurate this is between THC levels. And we, I mean, that's easy to do, but if that you're not going to jail and it's a civil problem, now it's just a mess. And it'd be nice to have some studies done. I mean, Weed for Warriors pushed for years to get Sue Sisley studies done so we can officially say smoking weed's good for PTSD. Oh, my God. Thank you, Sherlock. You know, Stevie Wonder could see that decades ago. But it takes that kind of thing. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But it does. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I really like what uh, Nick Bradley had shared in the chat where he says there have actually been studies done that mm-hmm. test driving ability of people on different drugs and cannabis does impose unfamiliar users ability to drive, but has zero impact on experienced users. And I think I would have to agree with that because people that are unfamiliar with the effects that cannabis gives to them definitely should not drive or operate heavy machinery, but to the person that is an avid consumer and, and smokes every day, I don't think that they're really going to be affected that much. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. Nick, and I'll just tell you, Nick, you should have paid for that to be a super chat. And we want to. Yeah, that was a good one, Nick. Thank you. Show by reporting super chats. Super. So thank you all. Super chats. Super chats. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to a commercial. We'll be right back. Coming up next, he's an attorney and founding partner at Armada Law Group. And not only that, 
but is he a lawyer? But he also did some time for a cannabis crime, spending a number of years in the feds for just giving out meds. That's right. It is the Armada Law Professional, Mr. Dale Schaefer. Hey, good morning, everybody in the West Coast, East Coast. Good afternoon. Um, first off, shout out to Sean. Love you, brother. Smoke a blunt. Take a dab. Relax. We all love you. We'll be getting back to you. Also want to let you know, I'm going to be in uh, L.A. next week with my daughter, and we're available for consultations. If you want to see one of us, have a uh, consult with us, get a hold of the office, and we can post that information. Um, my attention was caught yesterday by a, a, a Law 360 article about Steep Hill, um, you know, puffing up testing numbers, and this was in Arkansas. And we had I brought this up several months back in California where consumers used our Unfair Trade Practices Act because they were puffing up their, their THC numbers. And so it got my attention. Um, and it seems that an individual had sued Steep Hill and a couple of cultivators for, you know, basically hiring uh, cultivators to come in, select product, puff up numbers, blah, 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 blah. Pain patients said I couldn't get adequate treatment for pain because you put out bad weed. Okay. But I read it and something didn't make sense because the headline is um, it goes federal. This suit goes federal. So I read it and there was a petition to remove it to the federal court. And I read through the, the lawsuit and I went, this just this makes no sense to me. Why someone's removing the state case to a federal court. And then last night, 360 put out an article. Let's fill in the gaps. It seems that these there's three people that were patients in Arkansas sued in federal court last July. Okay, and they have an unfair trade practices act like we have in California. It gives you attorneys fees if you don't win. And they went to federal court and it looks like they sued because uh, are you ready for this? It's a RICO violation to be out uh, selling weed. So they went to federal court and they filed under RICO, okay, which, you know, in my gut irritates me. Why is the weed industry suing each other using RICO? But that's another story. So it seems that in February they went to federal court and said, oh, we want to dismiss without prejudice, which means we want to be able to come back if we need to. We want to go to state court. And the federal judge said, okay, but if you file in state court, I'm, you may have to pay the attorney's fees for these defendants that you drug into federal court. Okay, so one of these plaintiffs went and filed a suit against Steep Hill and, and two of the defendants from the federal case, and they promptly drug it back up to federal court. So the federal judge can be asked the question, well, how much is it going to cost him in attorney's fees for dragging us around by the nose here? And that was the 360 article that came out last night is that they're begging. They're asking, but they're really begging. Don't make us pay their attorney's fees. Now, one of the features of these consumer laws in every state is that if you file a frivolous action, the plaintiff can get smacked for attorney's fees. But if you prevail in any way, then the other side has to pay your attorney fees. That's what brings all the attorneys in. Without the, you know, the possibly attorney's fees, no one's going to file these suits. No one can afford to fund them. So what we have here is gamesmanship, and it may cost these plaintiffs um, because now they're saying, oh, it wasn't frivolous in the federal courts because this violates federal law and they want to pursue RICO, which, again, sticks in my craw. Why are we cannibalizing each other using these damn federal laws? If they puff up the amount of THC, fine, catch them, sue them, 
to make them disgorge profits, blah, 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 blah. But getting the federal courts is a dangerous zone, a very dangerous zone to drag your fellow cannabis um, companies into. So this will be another discussion we'll have going forward. But this continues to roll. Steep Hill seems to be in the middle of this. Somehow they end up inflating their numbers by 50% or more, and then people sue them. So that's the beginning of the next round of this story. Throw it back out to you guys. What do you got to say about this? I didn't know Steep Hill was still around. Yeah, I thought Steep Hill went under a while ago. They got a license in Arkansas? Well, they changed the name to protect the innocent, call themselves a new name, but they do business as Steep Hill, Arkansas. Well, that's not calling yourself a new name, Dale. Well, if your corp, well, yeah, but if your corporation or LLC has a new name and you DBA, then you know you're not suing Steep Hill. You're suing. Let me, let me let me tell you something, Dale. <laughs> they know exactly <laughs> what the hell they're doing. Oh, I know they do. Yeah, they're, they're, they're known, they're, they're I, I play the game. Way. Of, of putting up, setting up corporations and businesses to limit liability. I know how to do that. I know, we all know you're the lawyer. Yeah. Yes, we know. We know. But we know that that know this work around. And when you're doing business as what you were before, you're still doing business as, in my opinion. And I think any jury would agree with that. Uh, you would never get past the judge. You would be dismissed. And that's why it doesn't matter what you think. Jason, because when you walk really? into court, this is what your friend uh, Trump's finding out that when you walk in there, the best to do is shut your mouth and let your attorney stock, because otherwise the judge is going to hit you right in the forehead with his mallet. Yes. Wouldn't that be awesome if judges actually did that in courtrooms? You just they walk up to you and be like, bunk. I wish they had a rubber Bible because they always say throw the book at you. Well, I was in federal court when I was a, a brand new attorney and the guy two stepped two people ahead of me was standing in line, wiggling his keys in his pocket. And the judge looked at him and said, bailiff, he doesn't stop making that noise, put him in handcuffs and take him away. And I went, holy, mm, you know, I better talk to King's English and be on my best behavior today because this guy ain't playing. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you're a marketing genius and you get your ass drug into court because no one wants to hear it. They shut your mouth, and I'm sure that he's being told, stick a sock in it, Don. Stick yeah. a sock in it. Yeah, he looked, he looked very, very docile yesterday. Just put it that oh, way. Boy. It that. It's, <laughs> my mom used to slap the crap out of me when I acted badly, and I don't think his mama ever did. So, yeah, Donald Trump looked a, a whole lot like an internet gangster yesterday. Yeah. Talking about, talking about a yin yang online. Step on Don now. <laughs> walked into jail, walked right out. You know what I mean? You look it, like a it, wet rat. Had a big, big, big parade outside. The whole circus was outside, both sides. And did the you see the picture? Yeah. Oh, definitely good choice of words. The yeah, circus. The whole thing was, the whole thing was a, a Kathy Hochul style uh, photo op because apparently he could have done the whole thing on Zoom, but he wanted to play a victim and he wanted to go out there, yep. look like a loser. Oh, great optics. It was great optics. And like, who cares? You're flying up there on your PJ, flying back on your PJ, going back to Mar-a-Lago and yeah, his doing a big, big announcement in the back room. That a million well, and a half that he raised. Like, he he does not exercise a lot of grace in, in the realm of trying to save federal or government funding in any way. It's spare no expense at my fame. Like, well, that's literally how this guy operates. This should put to rest any idea that these DAs and U.S. attorney are working together because this is not the first case that should have been brought. That's 
not this is not the first one should have been brought. No, he's going to walk anyway. He's you can't walk say they're working together because I would have told him, no, hang on to that, hang on to that for a minute. Let somebody else charge in first. But you know what they say. You know what they say. If you're going to try to take out the king, you better make sure you kill him, or else he's only going to come back stronger. And that's exactly what's going to happen. I thought it was you raised over eight million dollars off of this. You best and not so best. Just is what it is. He's going to be your next president. <laughs> yeah, he, def- okay. he definitely is not. So, um, hate it or love it, doesn't matter. It's reality. We got an ad to go to. Do we have an ad? I don't think we have another ad. All right. Yeah, we're well, up next. <laughs> up next. <laughs> Rico got shit for a second. Didn't know. What was going on? I'm just like, yo, like I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. <laughs> I'm trying my best not to cuss here. Got to yeah. reprogram my whole mind and shit. We do want to thank Anna for this recent Super Chat corruption in, in yes. Long Beach. Check IG for proof of it. It is going down. There's a lot of corruption. There's it's it's actually the same thing that's happening uh happening to Elliot and Anna. That's happening to Trump on a national level right now. Well, I mean, is it, it political prosecutions by overzealous prosecutors and agencies? Yeah, y'all got it. We wouldn't be here if Richard Nixon had been prosecuted. Okay, and I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. Shout out if to he Gerald had done Ford. Some time like everybody else did, we wouldn't be here right now because yeah. the president would understand. You act like this, man. Um, you better have a good defense team when you get out. But we, mm-hmm. we, that's not where we are. Yes, indeed. But up next, she is a NorCal-based Emerald Cup edibles judge, known to some as Carmen Sacramento, for her never-ending international quest to find the world's most perfect cannabis and psychedelic edible experiences. A crusader for female entrepreneurship on a mission to show the world cannabis motherhood and executive lifestyle do go together. Bringing us home today, y'all know who it is, and I'm going to try to hold my FS and everything else, all those other bombs uh, back. But coming to the stage, it is Mandy Tingler. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I am officially well underway with my Emerald Cup edibles judging, so bear with me. Off month. <laughs> Today's article is going to wrap our show with really good news coming to us from the state of Connecticut. The headline reads Chief State Attorney reviewed 4,048 pending. 562 defendants. In just a few weeks, Chief State Attorney Patrick Griffin, prosecutors, reviewed more than 4,000 pending drug possession cases and have dropped charges on 1,562 of them in expansion of Connecticut's criminal erasure program following the 21 legislation to create an adult use recreational market. The review and termination of cases occurred as state lawmakers are drafting a bill in order to state division of criminal justice to stop prosecuting cannabis only cases as a part of the follow up to the full legalization of cannabis. In communications to the Attorney General Judiciary Committee, Griffin said that because the state law included cannabis among a list of other controlled substances, including cocaine and heroin, his office had had to individually review each pen case. 
Of the 4,248 cases, 1,773 included substances other than marijuana, while 624 cases will be modified, dropping cannabis from the overall charges. Griffin wrote in a letter to the committee the day for the panel to act. The legislation passed along party lines in the committee, 27 to 10, but state Republican Steve Stratisform, who was the co-chairman of the panel, said that in the coming weeks, the bill is likely to be amended before it reaches the House floor for debate. It has been shared, been the shared position of this committee and the division of the persons charged with possession of cannabis type substance offense that has subsequently been decriminalized should not be prosecuted for that offense. Thus, identifying the cannabis cases could not be accomplished merely by a computerized review and 2,109 in re-arrest status. This was no small task and quite labor-intensive. The bill was aimed at cleaning up cases not addressed directly at the legalization legislation, which also ordered the erasure of criminal records for cannabis possession. The proposal would also order the Division of Criminal Justice to end the prosecution of cannabis-related cases while reviewing the sentences of cannabis-related crimes for future modification. You guys, this is really exciting news, and the article actually goes on further to break down by different counties throughout Connecticut about the different cases that are being reviewed and what the drop rate was in relationship to cannabis charges. This is really exciting. I get very pumped up about states being proactive and getting in the driver's I'm enthusiastic to hear what yours is, Mandy, for Hyatt 9. Let's see if it comes true, because we've had mandatory um, uh, criminal justice reform here in California for cannabis, and we still have people that haven't had their records expunged. And it's it's we need them on the books, but then the follow up to make sure and then having um, judges step in and make sure they push this. It's the system has not really cooperated as well as it could have. Um, it, and you also have to make sure these rules are made retroactive so that if yes. any anybody's being charged and we change the law now, it goes it goes back. So if anybody's pending charges that they retroactively apply, it's now legal or we have defenses been dropped to a misdemeanor or an infraction or whatever, because uh, I've talked to DAs and they, they find a lot of excuses. Well, it wasn't just a marijuana crime. We dismissed a bunch of things to give them a sweet deal. Now they go to bank and look at it. It's like, no, you're there because the kid was smoking weed and you pulled him in. And the next thing you got 10 charges against him. You don't want to give it up. The whole culture has to be changed. And we still have a long ways to go for that. How yeah. hard is it to just scan the system and anything with a cannabis, marijuana or anything tagged to that case? You just eradicate it. Like, like how, how, how hard is it? I mean, what that's what kind of what they were saying in the articles that there were so many cases that had cannabis as part of the charge or the only charge, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're saying that they're erasing all of those charges. And if there's additional charges for other substances or something else, guns, whatever, um, those are still going to stick, right? But they're taking away the cannabis portion. 
So would that lessen their time too, if they're taking away the cannabis portion or no, they're just going to remove it from their actual like case, but it, they're still doing the same time that they were. I think that'd be on a case by case basis. It's a case, that's what they're saying. It's a case by case basis. Yeah. There's not like a blanket way they can do it because each case has every, all these different nuances to gotcha. it. Gotcha. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and Lakeisha, hold on, Dale, one second. Lakeisha in the in the clubhouse chat, she says she says exactly, Dale, to your previous points. Follow up is key to clearing cannabis records. And unfortunately, when they stack charges, only the simple possession for cannabis ones are cleared. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, big shout, yeah, big shout out to the, the effort that Felicia Carbajal led down here with Gascon um, mm -hmm. and, and finding those 150,000 extra cases that were not seen initially and getting those folks uh getting their uh, records expunged too i'm glad to hear that gascon's office is actually doing something but go ahead dale well part of part of the problem is that somebody will you know the cops will charge with as much as they can i mean let's just be real they want to they catch you smoking weed they find something in your car you know they check and you've got some other thing going on with you they bring all that into the da and the dma da makes charging decisions they may move forward you may end up dismissing a lot of the counts and taking say an infraction for illegal possession of weed or something like that. And if that's going to go away, the DA wants to back up and say, Hey, we just missed a whole lot of stuff here. Let's look and see if we can bring that forward or if we let go of it. And it's an entire culture inside law enforcement that I I've been around for a bit and I understand some of it, but you know, to wipe this off, it should not be so hard to take an eraser to a whiteboard and take off a cannabis charge from somebody. But it is, and you don't have the the data stacked up. Um, you can find out about charges, but specifically to run on a person, they may have ten charges. They don't let you go in and select that out. The data is not really harvestable like that. So it takes efforts. These are unfunded mandates, and we can't even clear rape charges inside law in law enforcement. So you want them to go spend money to do this. You've got to continue to knock at the door and ask, "Where are you? How far are you? Can we do anything more to push you?" Because I've got I've got a cannabis felony on me, but it's federal. And so I don't know that I'm ever going to get rid of that. And it's kind of irritating for what I did to get it. But, you know, when you've got these on your record, you want them to go away because people ask you about this stuff. You know, how do you what do you have to explain that? Oh, I got pinched five years ago for an ounce of weed down at the beach and it's still hanging around me. Mm hmm. So, 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 Dale, what you're saying is you were not part of those millions of people freed by Joe Biden's <laughs> retroactive pardoning. No, it was it was nonsense. Oh, it's federal possession. Who gets charged for federal possession? When you get 100 plants, you're looking at a minimum mandatory oh. of five years. That's where they're going to spend. <laughs> the only people who get charged for federal possession, Dale, are it's people that very get caught with weed. Very small. Only people that get caught with weed at federal parks um, and stuff like that. It's like low, very, very low level. That's the only people that it ever yeah. happens to. And they they tend to be the federal equivalent of a misdemeanor. And none of those people are in jail, as we saw, because President Biden's pardons or clemencies, whatever it was, only gave them that ability and therefore yeah. released no one from jail. Well, President because Biden's it was safe service. to do, Jason. He still doesn't like weed. I was I mean, trying you go to back make the to point the, that he got no one out of jail. Yeah, well, but he has not been an advocate for this going clear back to the Reagan era when he was in favor of minimum mandatories. And, oh, I, I, mean, totally, I totally agree with you on all that. I wasn't even trying to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it, it was a way to say we did something when you really didn't do anything. For people yeah. who got their pardons, I think it's wonderful. But mm -hmm. for the rest of us, like this is, yeah.
I'm trying not to cuss today, guys. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> That's some bull skit. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Bovine scatology. Let's use that word. <laughs> talking about scat. <laughs> what kind of scat is this? <laughs> yeah. I just stepped in some bovine scatology, and that's what it smells like. Yeah. Oh, Puck all this bullshit. Yeah. Fuck it. You guys are all all crazy. I'm going to Shit's Creek. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing it. I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it there. Well, nonetheless, that was a TV show that was pretty popular in the '90s. But nonetheless, thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at nine a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters out there for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property inside of your head rent-free maybe you should come over and come hang out sometime and put your feet on the ottoman thank you all of our sponsors today omar figueroa ispire and everybody else thank you all to cloud media partners house of fuego green street zaza simone brown holding us down in clubhouse and of course thank you to cannabis sativa l for giving us a reason to do this on a regular basis and giving us something to talk about. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show.